This is Channel 253. Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. One, two, two. Interchangeable. White Ladies. Welcome to the Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast. I'm Hope. I'm Annie. Our essential question today is, is sexism even relevant to the teacher strikes, or are women just being oversensitive once again? A mm. uh, little disclaimer, we probably should have talked about this ages ago because we're teachers and we're women and we're sensitive, um, but we didn't. And particularly talking about uh, the strike conditions and strike across this country, um, the strikes across this country. We, we've we talked around them, but not directly about it. So apologize, apologies on that. And obviously, um, we're a little biased because now we are literally in our own strike. That's true. And I do feel a little bit of that guilt of like, hope you should have cared oh, about it about more yeah. before it actually And also, I will say, though, to absolve you of some guilt, that the- Hashtag basic. Hashtag basic. <laughs> that the actual um, conditions around like this striking happening elsewhere, it felt very far away. I didn't know that that's like not an excuse, but like last spring when it was like West Virginia, I'm like, I've never even been to West Virginia. Like, so it's one of Because I was looking for an excuse not to care as much, I think. And so today we are very lucky to have a special guest, Megan Holyoke. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. Yeah. And all the other. Megan Holyoke is here. Yeah. So tell us a little (laughs) about yourself, Megan. Uh, Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to be here. I am, I mean, fingers crossed, about to start my first year of teaching. But hey, hey, welcome to the profession. <laughs> hey, striking on my first year. Um, but before this, I worked about 10 years in the nonprofit world, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, doing um, kind of nonprofit management, program management type mm-hmm. of things there. And then decided that it was time for me to finally just kind of go and do what everybody was telling me I need to do with my life anyways. <laughs> you're like, you're so bossy and good at explaining things. Oh my things. gosh, you're, a teacher. you're, you're an great, educator. You're, you're an educator. With, with kids, you should totally be an educator. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I fought it for a long time, yeah. which is a whole other conversation <laughs> about the why of that, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, So I just finished up my um, master's degree at UPS and I student taught at Lincoln last year. Nice. And um, now I'm going to be teaching at Lincoln. Got hired there, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. So how's it feel um, two days in to a strike on your you first know, year of teaching? I'm going to be honest, not great. <laughs> <laughs> How are your feet? <laughs> um, my feet really hurt. I think I logged like um, 30 miles in the last two days yeah. of walking. Um, but also on the flip side of it, getting to have really wonderful and amazing conversations with passionate educators about why this is important and why they are striking and why they feel really strongly that this is the right decision for um, our students mm-hmm. has made me excited to work mm-hmm. alongside these people. Awesome. So, yeah. It's funny because I think part of um, the hope that any um, 
corporation or district or the man or whatever we want to call them. Like <laughs> what I, the the bourgeoisie. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's the term that I need? But uh, I think their hope is that like the people on the ground who are like striking, whatever, will break apart. Right. The mm-hmm. whole idea of unity. And it's that's a real concern. But also like they ha- totally forget that <laughs> it's unifying. Like yeah. Yeah. walking with somebody, going through like a traumatic, horrible experience, yeah. uh, struggling, also, having blisters like, together. And community building, right? right? I think they Sharing don't understand like how stubborn <laughs> teachers are. Like, right. Here's right. the other thing. Yeah. Like I like. There's that meme that's like a skeleton, and it's like I'll wait till it's quiet. And it's <laughs> a skeleton. Like you don't. You don't know how. I'll, I can wait you out. Yeah, I can wait you out. I was the, also the, the just like this like idea of like um like this woman had a a sign that said um you think that we're gonna give up yeah or quickly do you know how long I wait to pee yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good. That's, yeah. It was like so teachers. Good. Teachers have like the patience of saints, right? Like yeah. they can wait this out. Yeah, and that translates yeah. really well we into like I will wait you out. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and I think the gender dynamics also play a role in this. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of the wait, <laughs> like how long women have had to wait for everything for, and yeah, continue everything. to wait for things. So, what do y'all think about this idea that teaching is women's work? And yeah. Start with that. Well, I am a woman, and I am also a teacher. So it is women's work. It's like how to have a bikini body, you put a bikini on your body. Yep. Boom. <laughs> bikini body. I, mean, I don't think it's a bikini body. Um, beach I, body ready. Beach body hey, ready. Just I'm, show up at a beach. My body's on a beach. Um, I just, like, historically, it has been women's work, but not historically as well. I think Megan actually had some insight about yeah. that from a yeah, really you both good are book she read Historians. About. That's true. Yes. I'm, yes. So, that's a fact. Um, Give us a little, like, snapshot, because yes. I think so, a lot of people actually don't read, know that. Um, this book called Pillars of the Republic last summer. And it was basically going over the beginning of the traditional public American school Mm -hmm. system. Um, And, uh, you know, how the American school system started and why. And it started with the mass immigration to this country and needing to assimilate these children Mm -hmm. to our way of life because they believed that immigrant children were a huge threat to our democracy, right? So Mm -hmm. assimilating them to this new idea. Um, and, and so historically, it was men that were teachers, mm-hmm. and they were put into that position to work that job and assimilate these children. And um, and then more immigration was happening, and they realized they needed to hire more teachers, but they didn't want to have to pay men more money, more money and they didn't want to have to hire more men. And so what happened was males that were teachers were moved to the management side of things, and then they hired women because they could pay women less money. Mm. And and so the only reason the public got behind this was because men were managing them and in control of it, and then there were women in these big schoolhouses. Mm-hmm. Um, Who would be but, listening to the patriarchy. Would, yes, right? <laughs> but don't worry, a man was watching. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no shenanigans could really Speaking happen. Of man, how does Horace Mann play a role in this same time period? Because common schools, public schools. Yeah. And I remember at Evergreen, that was one of the things we talked about. Like, he yeah. invented the public school system. Is this part of the same Yeah, so it was, like, it was the idea of assimilation, right? And, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, it's this really interesting. So, literally, the feminization of mm. the teaching profession yeah. was based solely on the fact that you could pay women less money. Like yeah. from the start of it, yeah. that was the foundation of it. I'm really glad you brought that up because there was a guy yesterday, a concerned community member who came to mm-hmm. to the line and wanted to talk to dudes about 
his feelings about economics, um, and he uh, the economics of t- paying teachers, and um, he's not a teacher, which gives him a lot of expertise. And so we were. Um, he said something about this theory, economic theory of um, how well when you have more managers watching you, you perform better in your job. Innovation. I, I believe I heard the word. Yeah, innovation. You get yeah. super innovative. Yeah, and so I, much. Right. And we so, start to share said, pencils. We I, start to fold right? paper in all kinds of ways. Interesting ways. We well, just erase he, it I, and then turn it back in. Right. So what I told him was, well, um, you know, I have for every one teacher, there are 14 or for every 14 teachers, there's one administrator. And he was like, does that make you a better worker? Hoping that I would say yes. And I was like, actually, no, because most of those people never see me teach. Mm-hmm. I have one administrator who's like my person who like eval- mm-hmm. evaluates me on a regular basis. And I'm like, those people don't come, don't leave their offices to come watch me teach because they're yeah. they're managing our giant school district. And so like he's like, well, but that's like that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, that's because this is not the private sector. Like yeah. you're talking about mm-hmm. education, not a corporate structure. Right. Well, and I think when we talk about administration, we are talking about people who are in cent- central office buildings who are managing like departments, yeah. right? Directors of blank and blank and right. blank. And we have um, Tacoma schools. We have some really fantastic directors of blank. We also have some really awesome programs that I, right. one of the reasons I came over to Tacoma was because I was excited about yeah. that push and that drive and that direction. Um, but to your point, right? A lot of those folks don't directly impact the classroom or haven't come in and seen what mm-hmm. we're doing. Mm-hmm. And some of them have, I'm not going to say oh, that no, they yeah, haven't, no, but, I, definitely. but like 14 of them, Nah. Right. Well, and then also the whole reason I was telling the story that I just remembered because I'm still tired from picketing yesterday. My brain's tired. I, the whole point of that story was that that dude was just like mansplaining how like mm. economics worked, and I was like, and the whole time I was thinking about what Megan had told me that about the beginnings of the school system and the feminization of our, of our of everything, and I'm like, you don't understand the roots of how like how patriarchal this is like this is like you're talking about like can some men oversee some women to make sure that they're doing their job and what's interesting is that you still see that ratio in the school system now i mean the what it's the teaching profession is 80 to 90 percent women but what is that ratio of admin yeah. To, and, and so you see more men in admin and management roles. I wish I had that statistic off the top of my head. Yeah, but, I feel like it's something like um, mm-hmm. 1% of administrators are women versus men to men. But yeah. maybe I'm exaggerating that. So we'll, do, we'll double check yeah, that and put that, that in the show notes stati- but, sure but there's definitely an imbalance in terms uh-huh. of leadership in yeah. school districts. And, you know, me coming from the nonprofit sector, you saw the same thing, right? You saw that... CEOs, CFOs were predominantly men that were managing a, an entire organization mm-hmm. of women, mm-hmm. female workers. Mm-hmm. So I was reading um, this article from the Daily Dot, super credible, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I found it interesting because it was called Sexism is at the Heart of the Teacher Strikes, and it came out in the spring. And just thinking about, is that true? Mm-hmm. How do we see sexism play a role in terms of this woman's work? Is yeah. it woman's work because we're working with kids? Is it woman's work? I mean, we obviously have the historical mm-hmm. roots because of that. Um, what do you think about this idea? Um, it's it's really interesting to me because I think that historically women have been seen as like the nurturers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're just natural mm-hmm. nurturers, and which I push back on anyways because I know many male teachers that are wonderful and amazing at nurturing their students yeah. and emotionally being there and showing empathy yeah. and yeah. just as good as any female teacher. Um and I know a lot of women. And I know a lot of women that are not really great empathy. at that empathy business. <laughs> um, you know, so it's just um, I push back on that notion of it. Mm. Um, I, I think that um, so something I was thinking about 
in terms of like who we have seen a lot of anger from on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has predominantly been white men. White men. White men. Um, I would predominantly, <laughs> I have not seen anyone other than white men make yeah. comments. And actually, and well, no, there was one negative white comments. There was one white woman who made a negative comment. She hung out the window of her of her <laughs> construction yellow Humvee and oh, fl- yeah. flipped us off. What did she say? She that. said something like, "Yeah, yeah." She said something like, "You're you get paid a lot already." But she was also white and and so and driving a Humvee. Just yeah, <laughs> and like I mean, what's also interesting is like this. The, the anger about, yeah. like, you already yes. make enough the money. The anger. The anger. Mm. And, and what I have been thinking a lot about is the strength of the longshoremen mm. union in this community, right? The longshoremen mm-hmm. who do go on strike and they make a significant amount yeah. of money. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know the exact amount, but I know it's, like, mm-hmm. around $175,000 yeah. a I've year. I've always been told that's a really amazing profession. <clears throat> you have strong community. You have strong union. Yes. You have – it's good work. It's hard work. Um, mm-hmm. It's dangerous it's work. It's dangerous right? work. It's, it's important yeah. work. Like, I mean, it's and the it's backbone really of career. this community, yeah. right? Like, in terms of the, the port, economy yeah. of this community, we right. rely on it. And by no means me bringing them up is like they should be making less money. No. But it's – so as a white man, you, it's a kind of a gut check moment of why are you getting so viscerally angry yep. that a profession that is predominantly women asking – for more money yep. that the legislature has given specifically to pay us for more money. For salaries. For salaries. Why are you getting so angry and yet you see the longshoremen striking and they make three times, two to three times yeah. as much as we do yeah. mm-hmm. and you have no visceral reaction. You don't drive past their picket line yelling, yeah. screw you. And just well, to be perfectly— guess why. What and, are some of the reasons? Yeah. Well, I'd like to list them, and I, just to be clear <laughs> before we do, the, the you know that, that those yahoos are not just driving by spontaneously. They're driving to school sites to yes. yell yes. at us. It's not yes. like—they're not That's driving— They're not driving— The one guy's come by two days in a row. Two days in a row. I've seen— What are you doing at 80? I've seen some—I've seen some men, like, four times— Circling the block. Circling the block to yell at us. they need to get a full paragraph. And they all get one sentence at a time going 28 <laughs> miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the reasons? I mean, part of it, I think, just like longshoremen can be <laughs> out of them, okay, right? I mean, in yes. terms of like, right? And then you've got these like That's elementary true. middle. We're like, um, hi, guys. It's actually like my, funny because we were talking about Nike my dad. was in the yoga pants on here. My dad was in the was in SPIA, which is the Aerospace Engineers Union for Boeing. Mm-hmm. And their longshoremen, similar to Boeing, their strikes, their pickets are in like – Talk about like gritty. Like oh, they hmm. pick it all three shifts. They are like burning barrels, like they're fingerless gloves. Awesome. They're like they're like burning they're barrels. so gr- yeah. like gritty. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like the grittiest strike. So yeah. I mean, I would not go model. hustle. I would not go hustle right. some longshoremen when they're striking either, because they yeah. would be like, "Are you? What are you literally like, doing? Yes. Yeah, really." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, yeah. It's so that's one reason I think is just like in the outward appearance, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think also the perception again of women's work versus man's work, and this idea that women need. First of all, teachers need to sacrifice more, and the mm-hmm. profession is very sacrificial, which I go, mm-hmm. I think does go back to this idea around sexism, that women always need to sacrifice, and women mm-hmm. are expected to sacrifice, which goes back to our stereotypes around, like, mothers and sisters mm-hmm. and da-da-da, you know, all of this, like, A woman's work is never done. Right. Oh, it's never done. 
done. It's, it's never so done. Oh, women's work is never done. It's just how it is, you guys. Yeah. And it's, we just have to keep working. But men's work is done at five. At five. <laughs> when they go home. And nine they, to five. Yeah. Yep, nine to yeah. five. But a woman's work is never yeah, done. Yeah, and even then balance with parenting, which I know we've talked about on the show Um Again, there's like amazing dads out there who are like breaking yes. those norms and stuff. And I think it's yeah. better than it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. But I think all of that just feeds in that same sexist system. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's important to note that for the most part, I don't think that these angry men mm-hmm. are aware or conscious of why yeah, they are angry. That's true. That's true. I don't think that they're thinking, oh, these women, no. these women wanted more yeah. money. I think that like our societal norms and our yes. systems and our structures yeah. – they, it's created this very like subconscious, like yucky feeling in them <laughs> yeah. when a woman steps up and demands what she's owed yeah. and demands what she's deserved, like what she deserves. I yeah. think that because of like the structure of our world, yeah. for some men that makes them feel real uncomfortable. How dare you talk? How dare, how dare you? <laughs> you are you are awful and you're demanding yeah. and you're emotional and well, a yeah. lot of it. A lot of it is yeah. like emotional. A lot of it is very like um, like. Well, in mentals, you know, the men I, we've talked to, like who actually stop by to talk to us or who are like, I mean, yelling are it's it's all economics. Right. It's mm-hmm. like all about like oh, too much money, not enough money. And it's like I don't think you understand that. Like mm-hmm. this is not just an this is not just about money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also not just about us. We're not asking for, like you said, money that out of thin air. Like, yeah. And I think that that there's a huge miss perception in the community or within these people that there's money that has been sent specifically Mm -hmm. to these districts that is specifically for salaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... And the fact that that's what we're fighting for. The fact that our attorney general has directed our school district... To spend it on teacher salaries because that's right. what it's mm-hmm. for. Right. Like that's what that's yeah. what it's for. Yeah, and so I mean, like the kind of the economic argument. And they, there's sort of this. I think that the thing there that's that's also really interesting is that when people yell economic arguments at you, <laughs> they're actually they are having, one line at a time. Yeah, one line at a time. They are actually having like a rich emotional experience. <laughs> the first ones, I'm like themselves. English teacher. I'm like yes. claim. First, my claim. Okay. You're getting yeah. paid too much. Too much. The next line. You make fifty nine thousand dollars a year. Which Five minutes later, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, like, furthermore, we yeah. <laughs> we have to track your conversation across thirty minutes, right? one sentence at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, that says a lot. That actually says a lot about how the uh, how people uh, feel bol- emboldened by their cars. You know, like when you're in your car yeah. and you're like in traffic and somebody cuts you off and you're like, yeah, f you, right? Like you would never say yeah. that to someone never. passing you on the street. Somebody bump you on the street, you're not gonna be like, ah, f you, right? Like. Yeah. That that guy that guy who that guy will not get out of his car. I think. Well, I wonder, and I, and I think I wonder the connection between. I'm such a teacher. I wonder. I know. I'm um, just about to yeah, you on it. I get a lot of smack talk about it, but I've like shifted <laughs> my instead of just being like, "Here's my question." Anyway, too much. Uh, what I'm wondering about is, is this. So, in the day and age that we live in right now, with our current administration, and we know that a lot of men and white men in particular have been emboldened um, by our the leadership that we have in this country um, in terms of racism and sexism. I wonder about the overlap there. Right. And I just like Mm -hmm. throwing something out here. But I've been thinking a lot about that. So we know that like white supremacists have been really emboldened and that Mm -hmm. takes the form of a lot of white men Mm -hmm. um, of a particular kind of age. Um, And I wonder if there's some crossover. I don't know. I'm not going to like run out and be like, survey, who'd you vote for? Mm -hmm. Is there a crossover? Uh, Yeah, you (laughs) will. 
I, I mean, I can, I can, I can wonder about some guesses to that. <laughs> and speculate. I can speculate. Speculate wildly. Historical teachers. Yeah. Um, I, do, I, I do think, though, that, like, I think that some of it might be, like, people, this might sound weird, but, like, non-Tacoma people. And what I mean by that is that there's been a lot of, like, like people coming from not Tacoma to, like, drive by and yell at us. And the reason why is that, like, there's actually a pretty strong, like, like pro-union bent in yes. Tacoma. Industrial unions in particular, but, like, IBEW. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I just, like, think about, like, um, you know, even SEIU is pretty strong yeah, yeah. in Tacoma. Union right. Mm-hmm. And so and I'm not saying that, like, there aren't people who live in the city of Tacoma who are, like, anti-union and just, like, really mad about it. But, like, but also, like... I don't know. I mean, your original question got completely lost, but I was just thinking about that. What was your question? The current Ask again. Climate is emboldening. Why do dudes are just mad about everything, right? Right now, they're right. like they're really yeah. persecuted okay. yeah. and they're really struggling. And so I'm wondering if there's a bit of an overlap in when it comes to this thing and thinking about the embedded sexism around just being angry. Yeah. About well, because I think that also what is probably um, motivating some of this anger is this subconscious idea or belief that I as a white man should be making more money than women. Right. And so when they hear our salary, which they yell out the like their car windows at us, like, you make fifty nine thousand on average, like this is disgraceful. You should all be fired. I wonder if that is I make less than that. And so there's something wrong with that, and now I'm angry, and you right. shouldn't be asking for more money because I don't even make right. that amount, or I make just about the same amount. And, and so, I just Googled that while I was driving around the block <clears throat> waiting to yell at you yes. again. But yes. I actually don't think they really have Googled that. I mean, no. back to your point about the guy that was, like, chasing us down at the picket line and right. throwing at random stuff. His answer to any question that yes. was asked of him um, was really like, well, I haven't researched that enough. And then what did – I think Nate finally said to him yeah. – uh, maybe you should go do a little research before you come join us next time on the picket line. Because he like, yeah. just didn't want to well, say anything after he yeah. made all these And like, then also his re- and his response was he was just asking questions questions to try and trap people, right? right? Trap the teachers. And so if at any point a teacher was like, well, I don't know that exact answer, his response was, You're trapped. Well, maybe, well, maybe you should maybe you should do some research before you pick it. And it, it's like it's throw just, back at you, bro. Like truly, like yeah. Um, and yeah, like, not yeah. to mention the very extremely sexist comments that came out of right. these men's what mouths. Th- yeah. Oh, well, I was just going to say, like, I think the reason why that thought jumped into my mind that folks, non-Tacoma folks might be like driving by and yelling at us and being weird is that. Yeah. Why do you think they're non-Tacoma? Um, not also? even necessarily. Because I feel like. Not even necessarily non-Tacoma folks, yeah. but like, no, it's not that. It's like, I I think you're, I'm, I'm not articulating clearly. It's oh, not. That's okay. uh, it's just like the, um like people who don't see the value of like the like the history of unions in the community right and so like it's not even necessarily non tacoma residents but as people who don't see the value of unions in our community and don't see the like don't understand the history of collective bargaining and like why it mm-hmm. matters in our country mm-hmm. and so it's like when i say non tacoma folks it's like more of tacoma as an attitude like like who we are and how we like collectively oh, bargain in the community mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. i i did not articulate that well cuz of the picket brain um but like it's like pregnancy brain but it's from too much picketing um <laughs> the um but like that you would have don't worry your yeah. healthcare costs are going up right. and so like oh, it'll yeah. be fine you'll it'll once we fine. get back in you'll right. be fine right. Right. don't you'll worry be, about that like you know, negative 300 okay. that now you're gonna have to pay yeah. out of your pocket there you know don't okay. don't worry for people who actually have pregnancy brain because once your premiums <laughs> go up um you can only use your sick leave for your maternity <laughs> right, leave yeah. in our school district and every school district in washington state so um good luck ever 
um, having money again. I'd like to read a couple of tweets related to this okay. from one at Nate underscore bowling. <laughs> oh. Who, um, who's this mystery who's, man who from the internet? This, who's this guy? <laughs> who's posted both on Facebook and on Twitter. And actually, he's not the only dude. I really want to give a little shout out. Um, I appreciate the men that are stepping yes. out and kind of putting this at the forefront of the conversation. Thank you. And throwing dudes. out their ideas about it. Yeah, thanks. Yes. Um, and he posts, 80% of teachers are women. It doesn't take long when you look at the way some folks respond to teacher strikes to realize that there's a lot of dudes who hate the idea of women getting paid more money. And case in point, all of the negative comments on all versions of social media are all white dudes. And it's so hilariously like on the nose. Is that how the saying goes, right? Mm -hmm. It's so hilarious because it's like, bro, you can't even like step back to realize like what's happening. Like, could you find your daughter to like post that response instead to like break the (laughs) expectation (laughs) that we're talking about? No, you can't. Yeah. Because that's what you think. Um, One dude actually I found interesting said, maybe you can mansplain to the superintendent and the majority of the school board why they are traitors to their gender. And so trying to drag uh, into the conversation that we have, you know, we have uh, several women of color on our uh, school board or sorry, women, women and then women of color who are in our leadership in Tacoma Mm -hmm. schools Mm -hmm. and then trying to put it that to the point of like Nate mansplaining to them. And it's just such a ridiculous notion as well in terms of like critically looking at something. Yeah. Also, gender traitor usually doesn't refer to uh, (laughs) that's just like that's that's a whole other level of like weird like sorry. So, I mean, part of this women's work, the other thing that I think is hilarious is not only do we do we say that teaching is women's work and then that you have to make sacrifices and you just have to work hard and don't get paid for it um, fairly, but also um, you guys are super lazy. You've heard oh that one gosh. thrown around. Oh, yeah. I'm so Go lazy. Go back to work, you guys. I just want to say You're I read so a, lazy. so lazy. I read a wonderful tweet last night that- <laughs> Did you um, post it? I no. did not post it. No, I I had like I have a. It's because you're um, lazy. It's I was so I, I was too you're lazy. So to lazy. <laughs> I mean, you just walked 15 miles, only holding a sign and listen, ruining our children's future. Ruining, like Michael. I came in. I came into this profession lazy. to ruin kids' lives. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but that it was. It. It's not the taxpayers' faults. If you're incompetent at your job, you can't get it done in the hours that they've allotted to you in your contract. That's, that's a good one. Isn't it great? It's so it's so good. Like, it's not their fault that mm, we can't yeah. do our job mm-hmm. well. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. So what's your retort? Oh, my. So I have a can't like of, OK, so if we break down the numbers and the numbers alone, I have five class periods, one planning period. Yeah. That's 11 minutes per class mm-hmm. for planning. If I don't go to the bathroom. During my planning period. Yeah. And so 11 minutes per period, even if I assign one assignment a week that takes me five to 10 minutes to grade, which that's, if we look at all the data and how long, like, you should be taking to give feedback. Like actual and meaningful feedback. Meaningful feedback <laughs> yeah. and how actually, like, how the data learn. correlates. Yeah. yeah, how kids learn and how kids improve. And if you care about your kids' education, you want me to put more time into grading their assignments and giving them feedback on how they can improve. So even five to 10 minutes per assignment, I have 150 students. That's going to be like 30 to 40 hours of grading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so where do we – I think that alone is a really frustrating piece of this profession and like the public's perception of this profession of – Five to me, five minutes per assignment mm-hmm. is me phoning it in pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. that's me not doing my job 
well. That's like a that's like a quick skim and like a check yeah. check plus You're check like, minus <laughs> minus. You know yeah. what I mean? No like, comments. No comments. No comments. You, so I'm wondering about this notion. Can we talk a little bit about this notion that teaching is part time work? Because I've been hearing oh a lot gosh. around that, and we you know, there's some recent Washington yeah, radio there, somebody, show hosts. There was yeah. we were talking to some folks yesterday. Even some folks who were picketing with us who said, "Well, we only work ten months a year." Oh and I, I thought that was such an interesting comment because I was thinking, like, like um, you know, the fact that like you calendar in the on the calendar. Yes, you work ten months out of the year. That is accurate. However, the number of hours you work mm-hmm. is not you're not working a typical work day in terms of like actual hours put in. And then also the never mind the fact that our pay in the summer is is prorated. Mm-hmm. So what you're we're they're doing, we're giving a zero interest loan to our school yep. district. They're taking they're skimming money out of every paycheck and then redistributing it to the summer yeah. so you can buy groceries. Like Yeah. And there's some recent articles kind of realigning how much teachers work during the work week. And so the new number that I just saw is um, 53 hours a week on average. Yeah. Which means that some folks work a lot more Mm -hmm. than that and some folks work less. Yeah. Yeah. So if we think about 53 hours a week and then you look at like during – I was just kind of thinking about the numbers in terms of like how many school days we also work. Sure. And how that that gets Mm -hmm. spread out. Um, Other comments or thoughts about that part-time work? I I just I think that if you were to average out the hours, we work more hours than the average nine to five job Mm -hmm. across this across a 12 month calendar. I think that if you take the hours that teachers work because you're getting in at 630 or seven in the morning and then not to mention like teaching is relational. Right. So it's not just grading. It's it's giving space and time for students to come in Mm -hmm. and talk with Mm -hmm. you and Mm -hmm. creating relationships and going to sporting events and going to theater performances and band performances. And 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 you were talking about planning periods. I've lost planning periods because kids needed help and I was their trusted adult. Mm -hmm. And they came to me and they said, I'm having a crisis. Yeah. My brother-in-law made a really great comparison. Shout out, Fred Gibbs. (laughs) He doesn't listen to show, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) He made a really good comparison, um, particularly because we were talking about a Seattle radio show host whose name escaping right now starts with a D who was basically dragging teachers in the teacher strike this last week and basically I he compared it I word that starts with D that might describe <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I <don't>, I um, <laughs> many D words <laughs> delightful <laughs> a good one but basically talking about the idea in com- like comparison that it would be like looking at a radio show host and saying well your show is only only on for an hour that's like the only work you do yes right? and then calculating yeah. that one hour every day so you only work right. five day five mm-hmm. hours a week bro yeah. that's a fantastic <laughs> right? analogy instead of all the other things that are out there and i thought that was just very compelling there's a lot of jobs out there where if you look mm-hmm. at it from the outside, you're like, well, yeah. you don't work that much. Well, um, the guy who drove by and said he made 59K, I was thinking like I had that thought of like he that must mean that he makes less money than that and yeah. it makes him feel really upset. Really upset. And then I was thinking like like not necessarily I'd want him to be my colleague, but like if that's the case, retrain, bro. Like if you're like thinking like, oh. You want to come into this profession? Oh, yeah. no, you don't. No, no you don't. You don't <laughs> actually. You just want to yell at people who are in it and make them feel like crap because like – it's the middle of the day on a weekday, and sometimes you somehow you have an abundance of time to come and yell at us. So, I mean, we know that teachers are really greedy. I mean, what does it feel like being so, so greedy, lazy? Oh, what do you feel gosh. like being greedy? I feel like uh, I, like I feel pretty broke for being greedy. <laughs> yeah, I feel <laughs> pretty. That, I feel <laughs> pretty challenged in paying my bills. Yeah, um, for being super greedy. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a. I feel like since I'm already, I, think, I feel like since I'm already a secret millionaire, not so secret anymore. <laughs> uh oh. That um, cat's out of the bag. The cat's out of the bag. Um, that I actually that my um, me being greedy 
uh, just to enrich myself further. I mean, it's just like a regular day, you know. I just like don't. It's not anything out of my normal routine. Just like whose money can I steal today? Mm, yeah, you that's know? what I think when I go to work. How, can, you know, how can I steal yes. taxpayer money? Yeah. How emotional More. and demanding can I be yeah. today? I was yeah. looking at some um, statistics, and so the National Center for Education Statistics put out um, some research, obviously. And one of the things that they said was teachers are five times more likely to have a second job than the average full-time worker. And again, mm-hmm. these are national numbers. Yeah. And so in other words, 17.9% of teachers have a second job. Yeah. And I think people really do forget about that part of it like just financially and I'm very lucky I feel very blessed to be in the household that I'm in and like the finances that I have and Mm -hmm. but I've made intentional choices around that and also like I don't it would be crazy if I threw a kid into the mix or anything else into the mix and so just thinking about that five times more likely to have a second job than people with the same degrees that we have well and And then also yeah go ahead I think what people also if you haven't um, experience like government work mm-hmm. before like you you have a hard time understanding a, a salary schedule um, and that in in corporate America sure your starting salary may be lower mm-hmm. um, but your upward mobility is going to be much faster than a teacher right mm-hmm. like I can look right now at mm-hmm. my 12 year yeah, trajectory point. of what I'm going to be making and I'm making very small incremental steps mm-hmm. to in the next 12 years of how much money I'm going to be getting. There's not right. these raises that in corporate America you receive. Right. And so and I, so I think people need to understand that yeah. is that you can't just look at where mm-hmm. somebody is starting, but where are they going to be 10 years into the profession? Where mm-hmm. are they going to be five years out when they're starting to have kids? Right. And it's it's such it's such small steps year to year. Yeah. Well, and there's an interesting or I think it was um, Economic Policy Institute just had released some data this week about the teacher pay gap with other professions mm-hmm. for people who are comparably educated. Um, and we're talking like, I mean, you know, folks with a college degree um, and the pay gap for other profession between teaching and other professions, 18.7%. Teachers mm-hmm. make 18.7% less than professionals with comparable education and adjusting for things like benefits, uh, the gap is still 11.1%, which mm-hmm. is a, a historic gap. Like, I guess in like, they said that the data they had so from the like 1990. 11.1%. When mm-hmm. it, you adjust for things like benefits, because gotcha. some of our benefits are covered by like um, covered by the state. So, like, there is um, the fact that like take home pay is like 11.1% gap is a historic high. So, like, in 1991, the gap, for example, was, like, 4.3%. Mm-hmm. And now it's 11.1, okay. adjusted. Context. Like, the gross, like, I guess, yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. global, like, the if you take into account, like, don't adjust for benefits, it's 18.7%. Yeah. Well, it, and I was also thinking about, to your points, um, also this notion that if you want to get paid more as a teacher, well, there's only a couple ways, right? So, mm-hmm. one is our union negotiates compensation increases mm-hmm. at this yes. increment, which, as you pointed out, are very, very small. Very small. Um, it's not like I can't go to my boss and say, hey, I deserve a raise. Right. Which we already know is like discriminatory towards women when it comes to that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But in a lot of sectors, you actually have that capability to do that. The other piece is you work more hours. But I've I've especially it hit me like year three of teaching. If I want to get paid more, I work more hours, but I really can't work more hours. And so there's this weird tension of like I don't get overtime. Mm-hmm. Right. I just have to take on more responsibility so I can work more by being a tutor after school and get paid fifteen dollars an hour. 
okay, cool, that'll help a little bit. But wait, that time then is taken away from these other things. And like the ratio is also like not there. And there's a t- there's also a tap out point. Mm-hmm. Like there's only so many committees you can get on yes. and so many um, yes. so many after school hour tutorings that are paid or like it turns, it turns out that there are only, a, they're only approximately 24 hours in a day. Right. And yeah, eight of those, out. about eight yeah. of those you're supposed to spend sleeping. So, I know most teachers sleep about six and a half hours yeah. a night, but yeah. like... Yeah, I mean, I, there's only so much time in a day. So I think it's an my, interesting dynamic, yeah. right? It's it's not, it's not a dynamic um, adjustment for for making more money. Yeah, and one of so one of my best friends, her mom, she is a current educator in Puyallup, mm-hmm. um, and her mom was as well. And so, her mom worked 42 years with a master's plus mm-hmm. 90, and tapped out at ninety thousand dollars a year. So that was like. Great. That was the highest mm-hmm. and most. And if you look at somebody in any other profession with a master's degree with 42 years of experience, mm-hmm. they're most likely making a hell of a lot more money right. than, than well, that. Well, and even like I saw a comment that someone made on um, who was commenting on someone about the Puyallup teacher strike. They're also on strike um, that the she made a comment that she works as a business systems analyst at Microsoft. She makes three times as much as a teacher does. And she does, uh, she said she does about half as much work. Yeah. Like, and she, her, we, her work day starts at the same time every day and ends at the same time every day. And she doesn't take work home with her. Mm-hmm. Well, this goes, I think this goes back to the, what we started with, right? The point we started with in terms of what do people perceive that mm-hmm. teachers do and their philosophy of education. Right. And what do we perceive that women in these fields do? And what we're is, supposed to sacrifice. And what is the labor Stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, Women's labor is not worth as much as men's yeah. labor. Yeah. Which which um, that's the other thing is that in, on Twitter, these really angry men are making all these points. And delightful one man was men. delightful men. And one man <laughs> in particular was trying like making this point about police officers, which I think very important work. Um, but was was trying to it was. Uh, listen. Didn't make a lot of sense. It was a little, <laughs> no it was a little rambling. It was across like 10 tweets. I tried to follow that man's reasoning and thought process. Sure. It was a struggle. Um, but essentially that it's teachers' fault for school shootings. Oh. Um, because okay. we need to be more aware in our classrooms. Yeah, I can see that. It's definitely our Give fault. Give me a smaller class ratio and maybe sacrifice yeah right and but that police officers are far more important because of that Mm. and what i think is that people need to understand if you look at data and statistics a quality education when students receive quality education from quality educators it solves a lot of societal problems across the board like a kid that has a quality education with quality educators is far less likely to be in in the Involved with in the criminal justice system. Right, the system. criminal justice yeah. system, being on social services. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just, if you look at those things, so like the first line of defense truly is mm-hmm. investing in education. I also hear this comparison with um, you know, teachers are similar to firefighters and similar police officers. Okay, let's go down that for a second. So then why is it that police mm-hmm. officers and firefighters, well, firefighters are there on boat, but I know more about the police officers, like they're able to get raises without people blinking an eye, right? Seattle, yes. I'll pull up the numbers to put in our show notes, but like Seattle police yes. officers just got a raise. Everyone's like, cool story, great. You would do a lot. Awesome, right? Yeah. And then again, going back to this idea of like what kind of intrinsic sexism is there, the mm-hmm. the system of patriarchy that then well, women are like, well, you guys can't go for yeah, like eight hundred bucks. Like, and then yeah. also like do apart from the fact like I was talking to a firefighter yesterday and he said that um they're not allowed to strike. Yeah. And I was thinking about how like why is it that women's like women's bodies, right, in like basically female dominated spaces are like like we are 
and it's a, it's a complicated legal question too, but like we are striking. We are like wa- actually physically walking a picket line. But firefighters, um, it's not even not that they're not allowed to strike. It's that they never have to strike either. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And so there's kind of like this um, – I hear what you're saying about – I mean the kind of the labor stuff, the um, like union stuff is kind of interesting and complicated with like why are firefighters and police officers seen as public servants who are deserving of adequate pay – when other public servants are seen as not deserving. Right. Yeah. And again, goes back to that systemic stuff that I keep hammering. Um, yeah. The other thing I was thinking about and would love to talk a little bit with y'all and, and see what you think. Um, so we already know about like wage pay gap, but there's um, been some really interesting research around the fact that it also impacts um, male teachers more. And I've seen a few people like not really understand why that is. But um, one of the numbers that I was looking at is in 2015, they estimated that it was a 13.9% wage gap for female teachers. Um, And then for men, it's much larger. And like the simple version of that is the fact that um, women already get paid less than men. Mm -hmm. But then in teaching, one of the things I do like about teaching is the fact that there's an equalizer factor. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you're like, okay, all of you are equal and you all get paid the same amount that's been negotiated. Awesome. But then for men, if they already were getting paid more elsewhere, they've now been equalized Mm -hmm. down to us. And so there's just this other kind of layer of the gender sexism dynamic um, that's in place. And it makes me feel bad for those men. At the same time, I'm also like, what? You know, like, ah, this is infuriating. And then add in the layer of like race that plays a role. Right. So if we know that women of color get paid way less than white women, so then entering the field where it's more equalized. And so white women and women of color are getting paid the same. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's awesome for things. But then also like what the heck, right? right. <laughs> so thinking about that layer too, yeah. what are your thoughts on those well, things? Well, I, I mean, I feel like what's the incentive for men to take a pay cut right. going into education? Mm-hmm. What's the incentive for women of color who are traditionally not included in education decisions or are like marginalized in within schools? What's the incentive for people who, to join the profession, right? Like what's the, what is the... I mean, like, why would they want mm-hmm. to become teachers? Men mm-hmm. take a pay cut. Women of color may have had negative experiences mm-hmm. in the school system by being because of racism and marginalization within mm-hmm. the school system. Why would why would they want to join? So how do we have a diverse workforce if like the folks that we want to join the workforce are mm-hmm. shut out? Oh, my gosh, Annie. So when's your next vacation? I don't know. It's really hard to plan. There's like a me, Angela, baby. It's hard to travel with a baby. So I'm kind of I don't know. Just like kind of vacation sober right now you know what I'm saying (laughs) well you need to get away like make a getaway and get away and plus haven't you been building up your Alaska miles well obviously what self-respecting Seattle Tacoma area traveler does not have an Alaska mileage number I have my memorized hashtag true confessions really that's kind of awesome it is really the best though when even when I don't fly I can build miles with purchases on my Alaska credit card which uh is cool I like that. Yeah, I love it. We book trips using Miles all the time. One year, Nate and I gorged ourselves on barbecue in Kansas City by using our, like, Miles and Companion Fair. Another year, we spent a week in New Orleans. You can just Yeah, who dat, who dat. I learned that you had to shout that everywhere you went. That's awesome. Yeah, this is going to be such a great way for you, your boo, and your baby to get away. Plus, your baggage fee is waived if you use Alaska credit card. That's so rad. You can pack all the diapers you want. I'm going to go check out flights right now. All right. To book your next flight, visit alaskaair.com. We fly Alaska. Alaska.
And we're back. We're back. So in thinking about the wage gap for men, I mean, what does that mean in terms of implications for the colleagues that we work with? And then we started at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show with like, well, great. I'm glad that men are like working their way up in administration where they can get paid more. And I yeah. wish, I mean, I don't have the numbers to look at that. And I don't know if there's like a chart in terms of like, does that help offset, right? Like does yeah. the percentage of men getting mm-hmm. high pay in administration positions right. offset the overall impact? But I don't, I don't know. Well, I, and then also like, even if like, okay, t- maybe say that, just to be judicious or whatever, maybe like administrators are 50-50 men and women. Perception really matters, right? Because we look in our building and in our school district, and it's, it's it doesn't it does not it's appear not. the highest level of authority does not appear to be yeah. it doesn't appear to be balanced, and so it doesn't mm-hmm. like even if it is like overall maybe balanced, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Um. So or I don't at least know. representative of the working. Like the or representative of the community. The community. Like, yeah. What does our community look like? And like, are the people who are in charge? Do they look like the, like our community? Do they reflect mm-hmm. our community back mm-hmm. at us? Or the workforce even? Like, yeah. Does the does, general do workforce? The leader, yeah. do, do the leaders in a school district represent? Right. Like, are they representative of the workforce? Right. Right. That yeah. they are representing and right. leading. Well, so that's an interesting point because I've heard some people arguing that the teacher strike um, is like. Um, all these white ladies who are protesting, all the people of color who work at central office and who are leading our school district. I've heard that from a few folks. Um, and I find that very interesting because um, I would I heard bet that That's I money, my pinky, et cetera, on the fact that the folks of color who are working in central office, I wonder how many of them are actually getting paid the full like higher amount that when we talk about mm-hmm. high paid administrators yeah. and also thinking about like the kind of work that people are being hired to do right. there. Um, and yeah, I love that our leadership in this district is more representative of the community than in a lot of places are. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, but again, it's not white ladies protesting a school board with people of color mm-hmm. or a brown a black um, woman superintendent. Yeah. That's not what it's about. No. And so I think there's been some talk, you know, like some talk against our superintendent. But I'm like, let's make sure that when we talk about this, we're paying attention to the dynamic around race. Right? Absolutely. Because there is well, that something perception. similar happened in Kent because yep. Kent Calvin Watts is the superintendent in Kent. He's a black man. And there was a lot of racialized language about Calvin Watts yep. that had nothing to do with his job, yep. that had nothing to do with his performance yeah. as a superintendent, that had nothing to do, that was about his race. And like, problematic. We can't, mm-hmm. It's like, it's not even like, let's be careful talking about race. It's like, let's talk about it at all because there are, let's talk about it because the fact that like, there's so, there's so much racialized language and like yeah. violent racialized language yes. against people like Calvin Watts and Carlos Santorno mm-hmm. yeah. and has nothing to do with their job performance. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is um, so if we want more teachers of color in the profession, then it needs to be a profession that not only systemically recruits teachers of color, because when you look at the research um, and I've done some of this, so if you feel like contacting me about it, hope knows. Um, eh, hope knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I should start a show called Hope, hope Knows. Hope Knows. That's adorable. That would be good. Really it's like Clarissa opening. explains it all. Yes, to exactly. To you. Anyway, anyway. Um, so thinking about that. So we know that there are systemic issues that keep a lot of educators of color, um, whether not just teachers, I want to be clear too. But um, I did look at the teacher part. But te- teachers of color from entering the profession, right? Or when mm-hmm. you're in, it's like really oppressive and yes. you're now part of the system and all this racialized language and straight up racism that teachers right. of color experience on a daily basis, hourly maybe, minutely basis, like down to the, the really, really small 
um, constantly, right? Constant. So anyway, thinking yeah. about that mm-hmm. um, dynamic. So then kind of zooming out again, why would a person of color who has these degrees that are comparable to all these other people that exist out in these other professions enter the field or want to stay mm-hmm. in the field um, because they're being paid what they're not worth or the lack yeah. of being paid what they're worth, right, depending mm-hmm. on how you look at mm-hmm. it. And so I think about it as a recruitment tool, right? You want more teachers of color, then why not start with offering good compensation packages yes. and good benefits and then go ahead and pull them in and then also, like not and then, but and also build mm-hmm. a system that is supporting of them yes. and their work, right? Yeah, absolutely. That validates the work that they do and yep. um, isn't oppressive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. because yeah. I think, and and as you're saying this, I ask myself, like I think that educators are having these conversations, or like I hear um, educators having this conversation mm-hmm. a lot, which I love. I think it's extremely important in representation. Um, but thinking about the people that are so angry mm-hmm. about this strike. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys, and say I don't think that they have thought about this ever, that they that it's not it's not that nuanced. Right. Like the argument against giving teachers raises isn't that nuanced to the people that are against it. Right. I think that people that are for it and support teachers Mm -hmm. are having and thinking about these things. Right. And thinking about, okay, so you have to pay competitive wages in order to attract Mm -hmm the quality of people that you want and the diversity of mm-hmm. people that you want and the representation yeah. of people that you want in the classroom teaching your kids. And I I just think that I don't know if that argument is one that resonates with the people that are yelling at us out of their well, car windows. Well, I think windows. that's reflected in the way people behave because the, like, I mean, yelling out your car window is a pretty blunt instrument, right? Like, but we also yeah. see interactions, right, on, right. Social media, on social media, lots of argumentation right. online, family dinners. Well, and that's the, the online yeah. equivalent of leaning out your car and screaming sure, some, yeah. mm-hmm. some crap, you know? And I, like, I think about, like, maybe it's because of the, vis- the visible, the visibility of a picket line mm. that makes people... That their blunt instruments come out in, um, in public in like the mm-hmm. public view, right? That that's like, I don't know. Maybe that's be- it's because they're they're triggered by this visual of like a lot of like really angry teachers, and it's like how, mm-hmm. like you know, when teachers are angry, that's that's bad. That's pretty bad. Man, that means stuff. That's, yeah. That means stuff's gotten pretty bad. Yeah. So I want to just encourage listeners to go check out a couple of the other podcasts in the Channel 253 Network. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of um, – we're starting to have these conversations a lot. Uh, there's two other ones <laughs> I want to direct you to. So Citizen Tacoma recently did an interview. And so please go check out um, that interview. Fantastic. Gets into some of the nitty-gritty around McCleary. Gets into some of the nitty-gritty around what does a teacher's daily life look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Nerd Farmer Podcast did day one of the strike. Pulled in a couple of teachers to talk about what it's like being on the ground. Hope doesn't want to brag, but she was one of those teachers. She was one of the people on there. Shout out to myself. I know. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. So please, listeners, go listen to that. Engage in the conversation. Comment on Twitter. Get more informed. Read stuff. And all that good things. Is that your homework? No, but I want to do guilty favesies real fast. Okay. Guilty favesies. Interchangeable. White ladies. So what is something, Megan? Oh, no. Okay. That you... Love that is your technically your favorite, but also you feel some guilt around it. Oh, trashy reality TV. Oh, tell oh let's us just more. let's just call it Bravo. Yeah, <laughs> it is shameful. Yeah. It is embarrassing. 
Yeah. This I is a common it. thread. I've actually heard this. I just it's like the up. Real Housewives. Yeah. Oh, it's, can you name a couple? So, which are your favorite guilties? Real Housewives. The Real House. I mean, yeah. Like, let's. The, yeah. That's what I watch on Bravo. Yeah, yeah. When I need to just like unplug and not think yeah. about anything. Mm. I always say that. That's always like my fun fact to students too. It's like I just love trashy reality TV. Yeah. Yeah. Annie, how about you? It's hard now because I feel like I'm kind of exhausting all of my like things that I love that are bad for the environment because <laughs> those are the ones that I feel the guiltiest about. Mm. Um, I mean, probably Ziploc bags because um, I know, I know, you guys, I know that there are reusable Ziploc bags. I know that that is a thing that exists. I know you can also wash. Ziploc bags. Yeah, that, you, that just regular Ziploc bags are usable. But I grew up in a household where we wash Ziploc bags yep. and mm-hmm. paper towels, yep. you guys. My yep. grandma. Rinse them out and hang them up to dry. Was definitely yep. oh, yeah. a product of the Depression. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dry out those paper towels. The convenience of Ziploc bags cannot be overstated. <laughs> they are terrible for the earth. The pure joy that they bring Annie. <laughs> they are so. Since we're talking about household like, items. Wait, also, can I ask, yes. sandwich size or the snack sizes? Sandwich size. Sandwich or the size gallon. Well, the, the gallon. gallon. I use the right. gallon. Okay, but I use the gallon freezer really, bags for freezer really, meals, right? right? Like, you need yeah. the gallon size for freezer but meals. But don't we all use them also not for freezer meals? Like, these yeah. are tough for freezer. I'm just going to yeah. use it hey, to hold my toiletries These are great for the, the freezer. Plan. I'm going to put a put craft supplies in there. Yeah. <laughs> like friendship bracelet string. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So since we're talking about household items and this was an episode around sexism, I'm just going to go ahead and throw one out there. Uh, Swift wipes, like the mop. Oh, like the Swiffer, the, yeah. You just mm-hmm. like the Swiffer with mm-hmm. a little, you yeah. just wrap it around. You're like, do, 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 do. And you have, done. You have to go through like trash. five of them to clean your entire house. It's true, you know, yeah. but whatever. You yeah. just yeah. like throw them in the trash yep. and then it's fine. Instead of like, I should have a, like a mop made out of like old shirts something? that are like environmentally free that like, I then like, squeeze out my hand. That I found on Pinterest that actually is really great. You get like the shop rags from the microfiber shop rags for like car waxing or whatever from Mm -hmm. like auto parts store. Sure. They're the right size for the Swiffer and you can wash them in the washing machine. They work. They're great. I found that out. I found that out because I ran out of Swiffer pads and I was was like, what do I do? I was going to, I was, that was going to be my suggestion. You don't have to wring it out or anything. You just, yeah, yeah. Throw it in the dirty clothes. Life hack. All right. Last segment. Do your fudging homework. Interchangeable. White ladies. What is our homework today, Annie? Oh, my homework is just. Just um, to visit a picket line while teachers are on strike in whatever wherever it's convenient for you to be. And the reason I for any for any kind of inclination of person, if you are like, I'm not sure I feel about this teacher strike or I support it, like just to like come out and um, talk with people because the most engaging and interesting conversations we've had are folks who just wandered up and were like, what's going mm-hmm. on? And or teachers who are kids who are coming to register their kids for school yeah. and saw mm-hmm. us on the way in and they're like, hey, what's going on? And like really had a, a deep, engaging kind of conversation with teachers and why we're there and um, mm-hmm. had some really good connections. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to meet you. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to mansplain, um, <laughs> it's fine. We'll We'll tolerate you for a little while. Amy. Why did you spell Amy? Amy. Who's Amy? Who's that? Oh my gosh. It's not like I've known you for a year. Since. <laughs> Megan. I mean, Megan, geez. what you got for us? Amy Megan. That's what I think what I was going to do. Yeah. There's a Megan here. Go ahead. Um, I think, along with what Annie said, right, being inquisitive and um, how can you feed yourself? Um, in terms of gaining knowledge surrounding why this is happening and what is happening and deciphering the information that's being thrown at you um, and asking really good questions about that. And then if you feel so inclined, please reach out to 
to come to public schools mm-hmm. and let them know yeah. your thoughts and opinions about what is happening. Um, pressure from the community yeah. is important and key in a process like that, that and they need to know what you're thinking and feeling yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and you have you, every yeah. right to do that and if you're listening and you're a parent there are opportunities mm-hmm. for yep. you to, to share your to like officially share your support like um, there's an affidavit process for um, supporting teachers. We can, can link to that. We can link yeah. to that in our show notes. So we appreciate it. So my homework is um, somewhat contradictory. So <laughs> on the one hand, um, I want to say that I think it's really important as we think about teacher strikes to really interrogate our own biases about the sexism and the patriarchy that is part of the striking system and part mm-hmm. of teacher strikes in particular. Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself being like, well, they should uh, really think about like how much of this is rooted in the structures mm-hmm. of patriarchy in our society. Um, the conflicting part of that and almost counter- contradictory part of that is also I want to challenge people to think about bias in favor of the labor. Like, so one interior biases, on the other hand, like there's something to be said about coming at this from the perspective of being like, I I want to hear out that if labor is saying that these are the problems, then I'm going to be biased in favor of what labor is saying. It doesn't mean you're not critical and like understanding the issues mm-hmm. and like sorting out the the facts and the stats and all that stuff. But if you're coming at it from like a corporate point of view or like the top down model, well, like the authority figures are always right. Society and history and everything shows that that's not true. <laughs> right. So just this idea of like yeah. coming the people on the ground that are the workers there that are experiencing it. They're the ones you should be biased towards or in favor of. Um, mm-hmm. So just, I don't wrestling with that dynamic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Megan, thank you for coming on the thank show. You so thank much. you for really having me. It. Yeah. I really it was really it. fun. Bye. Bye. The Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is part of the Channel 253 Network. Listen to our other podcasts like Move to Tacoma, Citizen Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Crossing Division, Taco Man, and Flounder's B Team. We're going to take a break. A really, really short break. break. The shortest break there is. Boop a doop doop Interchangeable White Ladies Podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. We, we fly, fly Alaska. Alaska. Book your next flight on alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.